Hello and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast for June 29th. I'm Melissa Davlin. Long-term construction projects are nothing new to Idaho residents, especially those who drive mountain roads where road engineering is a bit more complex and the risk of rock slides makes competent engineering all the more critical. Earlier this week, Margaret Carmel and Autumn Robertson of BoiseDev.com released the results of a six-month investigation into major rock slides at a construction site on Highway 55 near Smith's Ferry. Today, Margaret joins us to discuss their work. Margaret, thank you so much for joining us today. What did the Idaho Transportation Department tell people happened in November of 2021? At the time that landslide happened, and if I remember, there wasn't a lot of conversation about exactly what led to the slide. Um, At that point, it was sort of understood, I believe, that 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 happened due to construction. Um, But I don't think the highway department released any sort of investigation that said, here's exactly what happened. It was more, the communications were more focused on, hey, it's closed for three weeks. Which is really critical for people who frequently use that road because it's a it's a main artery. You know, for people who don't live in Southwest Idaho, let's talk about Highway 55 and how important it is. It, it, it's used pretty frequently to get from the Treasure Valley to the McCall area. Yes, and but it's not just the McCall area. Um, there's Cascade is in there. There's Smiths Ferry, those smaller communities, but also beyond McCall, um, New Meadows up to Grangeville. If you're going to be going from Grangeville, which is really a main nexus in central Idaho, north central Idaho, down into the Treasure Valley, Idaho Idaho 55 is your way to go. And because that's the main road that goes through that mountainous area. And so when that's closed, it's not, you can take 95, but it's not so simple as, you know, just, you know, go around the block. There's no go around the block in Idaho. It's it's go around Gem County and 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 describing this road for people who have never driven it. It's narrow. It's winding. I was on that road most weekends every summer during my childhood. It's it's a complicated road to drive, and I imagine a complicated road for construction projects. Yes, and I do not want to understate that this is a that widening this road, blasting out the hillside, is a complex endeavor. And any engineer who worked on that project had a lot of their work cut out for them. I am not trying to be an armchair engineer by any means. That is a difficult, difficult project. But the reason that we're, we're talking about this is the frequency of those landslides. And, you know, what we what we uncovered in the emails that said that there were warning signs that that hillside was unstable and it's and the road stayed open. So let's back up a bit and talk about the construction project. What was it meant to do in the first place? So the project's intent was to flatten out some of the curves in this one section right before the Rainbow Bridge and widen the road. Um, they, uh, IGD said they'd had a lot of crashes in that area um, because folks are going too fast on a little windy section. I know I've driven that and, you know, maybe been going a little fast and felt, oh, I'm out of control. I need to slow down. I think that's, I think that's happened to almost anybody who drives that stretch. And so the goal in this project was to widen the road, flatten out those curves, and and allow people to proceed through there at a faster speed with less curves. So that November rock slide wasn't the first one to hit this project, or the last one. What happened in March 2021? 
That's correct. So we've had three major slides that closed the road, and I think there's been some other minor rockfalls. But the big one, the first one happened in March of 2021, um, and it, it came down and, and no one was hurt. I think it happened in, in, at night around um 10 o'clock at night from what I saw, but the slide was big enough that it buried some construction equipment under the rubble and it pushed an, it pushed another heavy vehicle off the side of the road. I mean, so it, it was not, this is not a few rocks coming off the rock face. This covered the road and, and was enough to, you know, cause some issues for heavy construction equipment. And then we had the November slide, which was the biggest slide that closed for three weeks. And then there was a third one in January of 2022, right before, you know, in the lead up to the winter carnival and in the middle of the ski season. After these slides, especially that latest one, what did you and Autumn set out to learn? We wanted to find out really what happened. Were there any, did anything go wrong? I mean, I think one, landslides are something you expect on a project like that. I mean, it's a dangerous road, big undertaking, but three in less than a year, it seemed like something, okay, maybe something's going wrong. So we wanted to find out what sort of studies have been done on the project. Were there any indications? Were there problems? Did the contractor have issues? We just wanted to see what was going on. And then this story is what we found. And so for, for people who aren't armchair engineers, you know, like, like we're trying not to be, can you describe to us um, in simple terms what you did find, what the problems and warning signs were? Right. So even going back to 2019, before the construction even began, an engineer flagged this one section of the hillside called cut eight. So there's different cuts where they cut into the rock face and they were numbered. And so at cut eight, um, an engineer said, hey, this part of the hillside is very unstable. We need to redesign and make the um, angle of the rock wall um, shallower angle. So initially they were going to have really steep rock rock walls that they were going to blast out along the side of the highway. But then this engineer was saying, no, I think we need to roll this back to a 45 degree angle you know, because of how, how um, unstable those rocks are so we can not have landslides. And then this is where we don't really know exactly what happened. Records indicate that from what we can tell, that redesign didn't necessarily happen and they kept blasting the hillside out at that steep angle. Um, that's what the public records indicate. I asked ITD about that. They, they didn't really answer the question. Um, and so even in 2020, once construction started, we saw people saying, hey, this area of cut eight is unstable. We need to figure out what to do. There were many meetings out at the site. What do we do? Um, and then eventually we had that first slide and um, ITD brought in McMillan Jacobs, another firm, and they re redesigned the project. Um, and we and 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 at the time, they even found that the landslide at that where the first landslide happened, they blasted the hill at a steeper angle than the design called for. Um, it was you know several, several, I don't remember how many degrees, but it was much steeper. And I found an email from the engineer who designed that part of the hill saying uh, this was not blast, this was not at the right angle. Whenever we we um, found it. So then, so then we go into that second landslide in November of 2021, and that area, that cut eight, that people had been raising concerns about back in 2019, and even days before the slide, 
has is what let loose. And that when that uh, part of the mountain fell, it was not minor. It was several truckloads of material. And it happened in the middle of the day. And it came within 150 feet of hitting a pilot car that was a safety car that was driving through the construction zone. And that is something we never knew. You know, ITD told us, okay, this slide happened. It's a big deal. No one died. We're dealing with it. Before this, the public had no idea how close that slide was to killing somebody. Any indication why ITD or the project engineers didn't pay attention to those red flags that some of the engineers were raising? We don't really know. And these are the these are questions I would love to get answers to from ITD, because like I said at the top of this program, this is a complex project. Things happen. And I can imagine it is, you know, you can design a project in the lab on the computer all you want, but then you get out there and you start blowing stuff up and it gets more complicated. So, so obviously like this is a hard project, but we don't really know. I mean, we, we don't have an explanation for why they didn't immediately change course and flatten the slopes on the project before construction even began. That's a question I would love to get the answer to. How has all of this affected the cost? So. The project was initially bidded at $25 million to be completed by a contractor out of Clarkson, Washington. And now the price tag is between 40 and $45 million. Um, so a, a big markup, almost double. Um, and that um, that is partially, I'm assuming, because of cost overruns we've seen on all projects, but also because of the slides. I mean, mediating these slides was not cheap. I found an email that um, I think from December of 2021 that was saying, hey, we only have 1.7 million left in the construction fund, and we have 7 more million worth of costs we need to pay for. And that was in December of 2021, and it's escalated even since then. So these the slides of the disruption, the disruption on this project has not come cheap. Change orders, change requests on major projects aren't anything new or unusual or specific to this project for sure, but doubling the cost is, is another story altogether. And you can't just walk away from a project like this that's in progress. Right. And one question I would also ask ITD that I didn't get an answer to is you just like public money doesn't just appear. It doesn't just it's, you can't run a credit card whenever you're a public agency. I mean, if they're going to spend almost 20 million dollars more on this project, what other projects are they unable to do now? I mean, did that take away from other projects? Did that pull out of a surplus? Did that come out of um, maintenance? We don't know where that money really came from. They did not tell me. You touched on this a little bit. What has ITD's response to your reporting been, both during the investigation and after the story came out? So we sent a, a list of over 30 questions, very detailed questions to ITD. Um, and we said, okay, you can answer these questions any way you want in person, Zoom, phone, email, whatever. We're open, our doors are open. And then we didn't hear anything and we said, okay, and then you have until the following Friday to answer, which I think ended up being, you know, five or six full business days, I think, um, you know, seven full days. And, and we didn't get a response from them. And then midweek they said, hey, do you wanna to come to the site? And I wrote back and I said, 
I talked to my colleague, my great colleague, Autumn. I said, okay, well, we'll go to the site, but what do you want to show us there? I mean, are what is the, are you going to be answering our questions or, or what? And they wrote back and said, this is just for you to get familiar with the project, see the cuts up close and take pictures for your story. And so we decided, no, I think we've got the information we need. We have plenty of photos and, you know, it's a story about how landslides keep happening on a state highway. I don't know how super willing we were to stand there and look up at the mountain that kept falling down. So um, the, the, given the fact that we weren't going to get any new info, we didn't um, we didn't go up there. And since then, the stories come out and we have not had any official comment from them. Um, we haven't heard anything um, officially. You and Autumn weren't the only journalists that ITD invited to come out to the site. I think one of the most surprising anecdotes from that story, among many surprising anecdotes, was there were journalists on site at Smith's Ferry 24 hours before that major November rock slide. That's right. Um, Journalists from KIVI News 6 were invited up there and they were standing on the road, you know, shooting, interviewing. And then 24 hours later, that slide came down. And in the emails I saw, I, I saw them coordinating with the spokesperson, but I, I never saw any indication that there were questions of, um, you know, instability on the slope or that that area might not be safe. And just for, you know, greater context, even a couple, I think the day before the, the journalists were up there, there was an inspector who actually pulled workers off of that slide at cut eight because of heavy rain and snow, noting, hey, there's material coming down off the off the hill. We don't want people up there. It's getting dangerous. And, um, you know, again, due to the heavy rain and snow and plus the and then there's the months and years of questions about cut eight and how how stable it was. And then that's where we had we had the slide. In other words, ITD knew that this was an unstable part of the hillside and they gave no indication to the journalists who were going to be visiting the site. Right. And and again, this could be very well a case of the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. Um, The media affairs folks, they're not on the ground. They're not doing construction. They're not, you know, I, I bet people who are working in the PR office weren't even aware of some of these, you know, concerns and questions about cut eight, because that's an engineer question. Right. Um, but so I, I definitely don't want to come off like I'm pinning this all on um, certain individuals or people in the public affairs office, but there were swirling questions and it appears that no one at the site really um, from the emails that I saw raised, Hey, maybe we should close the road. And maybe this isn't a great time for journalists to um, stand around in the road in front of the wall of rocks. And I think that raises a really, really important point that ITD is one of the biggest state agencies and the left hand not talking to the right hand uh, is an interesting point because there were a lot of very, very frustrated engineers They were just some of the people who were involved on the many, many different aspects of this project, it sounds like. 
Right. So I found a couple emails of engineers raising questions. Of course, there was the 2019 report that said, hey, this area, this area cut eight is unsafe. We need to redesign, flatten this slope out. Then there's another engineer um, who, again, I mentioned earlier in the show, who designed that portion of the hill where we had the first landslide. And he was noting um, in his in his email that the slope was blasted at a different angle than he designed. Um, he also um, made some somewhat negative comments about the geotechnical work prepared by the consultant, American Geotechnics. Um, he referred to it as his CYA statement in his email, which you can you can Google that. Maybe not if you're a kid, but um, thinking uh, co- what cover that. your bum is the public television uh, version of CYA. Okay, cool. <laughs> his cover your bum statement. Right, and so he in his email he raised he raised some questions about um, about that report. Then we had, after the third slide, there was another email from a gentleman named Dave Richards, who is a geotechnical engineer, who in his email, he laid out in January of 2022, a whole list of concerns he had about the project. Um, He said he had concerns about how they did the design build contract, where they put the road, um, the use of uh, pinned mesh on the side, over-reliance of pinned mesh. You said that the designer uh, referred to that as a, a Swiss Army knife for everything, trying to solve the landslide problem with pinned mesh. Um, and he said that there was not there was not enough um, or any drilling or seismic testing to to look at the integrity of the rock that was underneath the rock face. And, you know, his point was it's impossible to design a project for rock when you don't know what the rock underneath the surface looks like once you blow the surface off. So he had a whole bunch of things and he ended his email saying, um, you know, using the phrase, I will deny everything. Um, I want to keep this between us non-combatants. I will deny everything. And he was emailing this to two of his friends. Um, or I'm assuming they're friends, coworkers. So it, there were some, you know, I think internal folks who who were um, raising raising some questions. I asked IHD about that last email from Dave Richards. Have you looked at this? Did you think about any of these suggestions? Do you have a reaction? They did not respond. From a geological perspective, Idaho is a very, very diverse state. Uh, You know, this isn't the first construction project related rock slide to shut down a road. Are there any indications that this type of risk might exist in other parts of Idaho where there are ongoing construction projects? We don't know. Um, I think that this investigation took six months. It was thousands of documents. It was quite a heavy lift. And so there could be other projects going on um, that we don't know about. Um, But again, this is a very complex project. This is a very complex area and not every project is created equal. Well, it was uh, a really well-reported project, and we appreciate you taking the time to tell us about it. If you haven't yet seen Autumn and Margaret's reporting, you can go to boisedev.com. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and uh, please, uh, I really applaud my colleague Autumn for her work on this project. It was a big help. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for listening. One slight programming note. Last week, we told you that Governor Brad Little would be joining us this week for an online Idaho report special. He told us a couple days ago that he would have to reschedule. He hasn't yet given us a time, but we look forward to him joining us soon. In the meantime, you can find all of our online reporting at IdahoPTV.org slash Idaho Reports. While you're there, make sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marcia Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.